The following audio is from Life Baptist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. For more information about our church, please visit lifebaptistchurch.com. Fears. We all have them. Stupid ones like mine, of spiders. It's a well-known fact around my house that you do not call daddy when there's a spider in the house. You call my seven-year-old little Brooke because she will come and destroy that thing. There are silly fears. There are real fears. There are fears that we don't like to admit. The fears of flying, the fears of height, the fears of drowning, all legitimate, legitimate fears that we have. But what about the fears we don't like to talk about? The fears for some of us that consume our lives. They don't just confront us every once in a while, but they literally control our lives. Fears like death, cancer, losing a loved one. The fear of loneliness, the fear of not being wanted or not being loved. The fear of uncertainty, not knowing what the future holds. The fear of not knowing where the next paycheck is going to be coming. I think it's fair to say that many of the fears we have hold us back from doing the things we want to do. Maybe they hold us back from doing the things we should do. Maybe for some of us, fear keeps us from following what God wants us to do. As a youth pastor, when I bring up mission trips to other countries, to students and to pastors, I'm often confronted with not the joy of potentially going and serving the lost and the poor and orphans, but I'm often bombarded with the fears of what if? What if this happens? Or or what about this going on? You see, oftentimes fears control what we do and actually get in the way of what God is asking us to do. Fear is very crippling. It's very real. For some of us, it's like a bully that we willingly let us beat up ourselves over and over and over again. We let fear dictate what we do. So what's the answer? What do we do? Where do we go when fear cripples us? There's a promise that we find throughout scripture that has the power to wipe away any and all fears when we know the one who is giving the promise. Would you pray with me before we jump in? Jesus, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that from the beginning of time to here today, you have given us this amazing promise. You've given us this promise that we can hold on to. Will you teach us this morning how great you are? We love you so much in your name. Amen. So what is this promise that we find throughout Scripture? Look with me in Joshua 1.9. Joshua 1.9. I'm going to be reading from the NIV this morning and a few other translations on some other scriptures that we're reading. But Joshua 1.9 says this, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God did not say to Joshua, Be strong and courageous because you're awesome. He did not say, do not be afraid because you have all the power and all the strength within you. No. He says, 
I will be with you wherever you go. That is why Joshua could be strong and courageous. That is why Joshua could not be terrified. Psalm 23, 4 says this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David could write these words for one reason and one reason only. God was with him and he knew it. He did not have to fear death. He did not have to fear evil because he knew the God who was with him. He knew the God who was with him in life and in death. David knew God personally and intimately. And because he knew him, David knew he did not have to be afraid of anything in this life or the next. There was no fear in death for David. Isaiah 41.10 says this, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The nation of Israel could live without fear, not because they were perfect. If you've ever read the Old Testament, you know how imperfect they were. They could live without fear because they knew that God was with them. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this. Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. The first disciples could go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ with boldness and confidence in the face of persecution and almost certain death because they knew the one that was going with them. They knew who was making that promise. All of these sections of scripture we just read come with a story. They're not just standalone scriptures that don't have any context with them. They have stories. Stories of individuals in a nation with crippling, fearful circumstances right in front of them. Stories like a young leader being handed an entire nation to lead into uncharted waters. Stories like a faithful servant being hunted by his king who wanted him dead. Stories like a nation being released from captivity and now having to rebuild and not knowing how. Stories like 12 men who faced persecution and death for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, all of those promises that God gave came when fearful situations were facing these people directly in front of them. Throughout scripture, we find real stories with real humans facing real fears and God's answer to them was not, let me take the fearful circumstance away but rather his answer to them was, I am with you. God's answer is often not let me take away the fearful situation or even let me take away the fear, but oftentimes his answer is I am with you. Today, God's answer is often the same to you and I. My little girl, about four years ago, when she was about three, four years old, 
we decided as a family to go hiking. We live in the southwest part of town and, and up against the West Cliffs. And there they have a whole bunch of man-made caves. They're all blocked off now, but a few years ago they were open. Weren't really supposed to go in them, but we said, hey, let's go check them out. So we went hiking back up in there. And before we could get to the first one, we had to park. And there was about a 500-yard uh, little hike that we had to do up to the first cave. And as we're getting out and as we're walking up this short little hike, all of a sudden my little girl stops and just in, 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 in a frozen moment says, Dad, do you have your gun? And I said, well, okay, why? Why do I, why do I make? Well, Dad, we're going to a cave. There's going to be bears in that cave. And so I did the super cool dad thing. And I said, don't worry, sweetie, we got two guns. <laughs> and without skipping a beat, she rolls her eyes and she goes, no, dad, we need a real gun. <laughs> I said, sweetie, it's going to be okay. Daddy will be with you and everything will be fine. And she goes, okay. And she kept on hiking. You see, the fear of what was in that cave See, the, the reality to her that a bear was still in that cave was still very real. The fear of what was in that cave or what was coming up did not go away. But she knew who was with her. Her daddy was with her. Her dad had said, I will be with you and it will be okay. And that was enough because she knew who her dad was. You see, I wonder... I wonder, do we know who our Father is? So that when those scary caves, those what is in our mind, and there might be bears in that cave of our life, but do we know our dad and who is walking with us? Because of her knowledge of her dad, she was able to trust that her dad was going to take care of her through any scary cave. Overcoming fears in your life is not accomplished by might or by willpower, but by trust and knowledge. Trust and knowledge. Trust in who God says he is. However, the only way we're going to trust who God says he is is to know who he is. Do you know who he is? Pastor Paul has said it often from this pulpit. Your trust in God will never go beyond your knowledge of God. Your trust in God will never go beyond your knowledge of God. Your trust that God is with you, your trust that God will take care of you in those fearful times will not be enough if you don't know the God that is walking with you. So what do you know to be true about God? Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen says this, O oh Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arms. Nothing, nothing is too difficult for you. Is there anything too difficult for the God you believe in? Does your God have limitations? Or is there nothing that stands in the way of our God? Is there nothing that is too difficult for our God? Is the God you know and believe in powerful enough to speak creation into existence? I love when science testifies of God and shows how great and powerful he is. 
Scientists estimate that there are 10 billion galaxies in the observable universe. And let me make a note that's not in my notes. We believe that we have only observed 10% of the observable universe. And they assume that there is an average of 100 billion stars per galaxy. This is not pastors saying this. This is not the Bible saying this. This is scientists observing this. So if the observable universe, so in the observable universe, there is 1 billion trillion stars. And according to the Bible that you are holding in front of you, he is the one that spoke those into existence. He is the one that holds all of those together. And he is the one that has promised you, has promised you, I will be with you. I am with you. That is the God that is with you wherever you go. Do we have any Star Wars or comic fans in the audience this morning? Anybody? All right, a few hands. Awesome, sweet. I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully this one hits you right here. I think part of the problem is, is we see Jar Jar Binks next to us when we have the Hulk next to us. Can I get an amen? Thank you. There we go. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Maybe a, maybe a better example for us this morning is, is we think we have a BB gun when we have an atomic bomb. We have an amazing God. An amazing God. If you don't know that God is an all-powerful, almighty, loving Savior, you will never trust that he could ever be more powerful than your pain, stronger than your weaknesses, and especially not greater than your fears. Trust comes from knowledge. If I have any, any dads or moms in this room this morning, you, you might be able to relate to this example. You see, when, when my oldest daughter, Claire, was about three years old, she didn't know how to swim. And we were at our friend's pool. And I said, sweetheart, jump into my arms. I'll catch you. Well, she didn't jump into my arms. She didn't trust daddy because she didn't know that daddy would catch her because she'd never jumped into my arms before. So instead, she sat down on the edge and she kind, of, she kind of did this flop into my arms and I caught her. And we did that about a dozen times. And then she, then she knew that I would catch her from that position. So she got up to her feet and not, not fully standing, but, but kind of crouched down a little bit. And then, and then she would kind of fall into my arms again. And we did that for about a dozen times until her knowledge grew that I would catch her which grew her trust that it was not going to let anything bad happen to her. To where she finally got enough knowledge and enough trust to stand up tall, to stand up brave, and jump to daddy. And I completely dropped her. I'm just kidding. I caught her. <laughs> or I caught her. To where the next time there was joy jumping into daddy's arms because her knowledge that her dad was watching her, the knowledge that her dad was there, the knowledge that her dad was going to catch her when she jumped led to the joy of trusting that when God says jump, or when daddy says jump, I'm not God, when daddy says jump, she would jump. When was the last time God said jump? And you knew that he would catch you. And so you trusted. You trusted and said, okay, I will. 
trust comes from knowledge. Your trust will never go beyond your knowledge of who God is. So how do we get to know God? We talk about this a lot at our church because it is of the utmost importance. How do you get to know God? We get to know the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who spoke life into creation by spending time with him. There is no other way to fully get to know someone without spending time with them. It's just not possible. You spend time with him. The amazing thing about God, the God of the Bible, is he is never too busy for you. See, we might be too busy for him, but he is never, he is never too busy for you. He desires your time with him because he knows that time with him will change you. You cannot be in God's presence, focused on him, and not be changed by him. It's not possible. So what do you do? How do you spend time? How do you spend time with this amazing God that your knowledge will grow of him so that your trust will be in him? So that when he says, I will be with you, that's enough. That's enough. The first, the first place and the place that we must always start is his word. You cannot fully know God apart from spending time with him in his word. You can spend time with God, but if you're not spending time with him in his word, you're probably missing who he is in that other time of spending time with him. That is where we must start and always go back to. The second is in prayer. Prayer that is both talking to and listening to him. We so often want to listen, list off all our problems to God and just expect him to take care of it. Oftentimes, God's solution is in his response. Did you hear that? Oftentimes, God's solution is in his response. Do you listen? Do you sit and be vulnerable before the God of the universe and say, speak to me, even if it hurts? Oftentimes, he teaches in his response. How else do you spend time with getting to know him? Third, in praising him. In praising and worshiping him. I can't tell you how many times, how many times God has taught me things about him as I sung truth about him and praises to him. So many times God reminds me, that's true in this situation, Jason. And sometimes it's like this morning where we sang as a corporate body, singing praises to our God and Savior together. But it does not, and please don't limit it to that. Take time throughout the day to praise him at home, in your car. It doesn't have to be out loud. Sometimes the greatest praise is the silent whispers of thankfulness from our heart. What else? Fourth is listening to and studying biblical-based teaching and preaching. There are way smarter people out there than you and I who have studied God's word way more than you and I. Spend time learning from the teachers and the pastors who have come before us. Learn from them. Spend time with God through how other people have spent time with him. But as always, make sure it lines up with God's word. 
And that's why it's most important that spending time with him starts with spending time in his word so that we make sure we always go back to whenever we're listening to, singing praise to, we can go back and say, yes, that is true from God's word. Fifth and finally, spend time in God's nature. The psalmist declares that the heavens are filled with the glory of God. This does not mean that nature and God are one and the same, but rather that we can learn how great God is by observing his amazing creation. If you've ever gone out to Red Rock and stood at the base of those amazing cliffs, and to think that those cliffs pale in comparison to Mount Everest, and yet it's our God that spoke that. It's our God that did that. You see, you get to know the amazing creator, by spending time in his creation. Get out of your house. Get away from your computer. Spend time in his creation, observing what he has done and how great he is. Here's the thing, though. If you do all those things just to do them, you won't get to know him. Your knowledge won't grow and your trust will be the same if you just do those things. However, if you do them with the intention to get to know him, where the focus is on him, you will get to know him. Your knowledge of him will grow and your trust will become stronger. I want my trust that when my dad says, I am with you and this is what I have for you next, to be my answer, to be like, all right, let's do this. Let's do this. The key to all of this is that you get to know him. And when you get to know him, your eyes shift from the fears and the fearful situations. Your eyes shift from those and they shift onto who God is and how great he is. The focus shifts from your fears about health, finance, and the future onto who God is and how he is so much greater than any and all of those. God does not always remove fears or fearful circumstances, but he is always greater than any of them. As the Apostle Paul wrote, I am convinced that, neither, uh, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. You see, we don't have to worry about today we don't have to worry about tomorrow and we don't have to worry about eternity because our God is in control of it all and he is with us through all of it. As the reader of Hebrews wrote, God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? What can man do to us when God is with us? Nothing, because even if they kill us, we are with him in heaven one day. There is nothing that man can do to us. For those of us who have placed faith in Jesus Christ as their only Savior, this promise is for you. God will always be with you. There is nothing that can separate you from him, both in this life and the next. Do you know that God? Do you know that God that is with you always? 
Let the knowledge of who God is lead you to trusting him in every circumstance in life. You do not have to fear death. You do not have to fear the unknown. You do not have to fear what will happen to you because you know that God is with you and that God is greater than it all. Do you know the God that is greater than everything? If you don't, get to know him. Get to know him so that your knowledge increases that you will trust him. That when he says go, when he says do, when he says wait, when he says not yet, and when he says no, because that can be the most difficult one sometimes. We can say, okay, daddy, because we know he is with us wherever we go. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for the amazing promise, the amazing promise that you are with us, the amazing promise that you are greater than everything and that you are greater than our fears. Father, I pray that as as we get to know you more, our eyes will be shifted to you. They will be focused on you. And we will see how great you are that our fears will melt away. What a good God you are that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And we can hold on to that promise for eternity. We love you so much in your name. Amen.